Good evening. Hope you're all doing well. Today we are learning Maseches Baba Kama, Dab Chaf Aleph. And we're going to be learning much of Chaf Beis Aleph. And on Shabbos, we'll finish up Chaf Beis and learn Chaf Gimel. If you look at Chaf Beis and Chaf Gimel, they seem less daunting, which means they're more daunting. But for Daf Yomi, they're less daunting. And Amir Tashem will get on Shabbos to, toward the end of Chaf Gimel. Amir Tashem will get to the Mishnah on the bottom. But for now, let's continue. We had been having a conversation yesterday about Zenen Chaser, Zenen Chaser, and a bunch of different iterations, and we weren't sure how we paskened. And the story that was the beginning of that whole conversation was where I go into your property that's currently empty, and I sit in your property while you're not there. So that is what we're going to analyze now, that actual Misa which took place. Says the Gemara on the top line of Chaf Aleph Amaral. Rabbi Abba Bar Zavda said to Mari Barmar, I'd like you to please ask the following Shaila when you next see Ravuna. If I live in your field and I do so without you knowing about it. So I move into your house, I'm a squatter. You don't even know about it. You wouldn't be able to tell I cleaned up after myself. What's the din? Do I have to pay? Yes or no? Let's make this applicable. Let's say I sneak into a hotel room that isn't being used. Okay? You weren't going to make money on it anyways. The bed's perfect. Everything is exactly the same. Do I have to pay? Assume I change nothing. I'm going to create the perfect scenario. Ladina, am I obligated to pay that? Let's say he's a Yiddish guy. He's Jewish, and there's an empty room that isn't being used, and I manage to get into Forget trespassing. Just a, a vacuum shiloh. Are you Fuchayev or Pater? Gemara is debating this case. I made the application to a hotel. Could be that it's not good. It sounds like it's a reasonable comparison. Let's see what the Gemara says about our, not the hotel case, but our case. The Gemara says, Adahachi, after he made the request that this that his friend should please speak to Rav Huna, Nach Nafshe de Rav Huna. Rav Huna Nebach had passed away in the, in the interim between the time the Shiloh was asked to but between the time he asked someone to ask Rav Huna and the time that uh, the Shiloh was asked, Rav Huna died. Amarle Rabba by Rav Huna, but his son Rabba knew what his father's shitas were. So what did he say? My father said in the name of Rav, He said two comments. Comment number one that he said was that you are that you are not. Obligated to pay. That means zenene bezelo chaser. That means zenene bezelo chaser. That the halacha is that you're potter because he says that you have to pay. That you don't have to pay. And then he says another cryptic line, seemingly a stira to the first line, and he says vasocher bais meruven ma leschar leshimen. And he says that if you rent a house from Ruvain, then ma leschar leshimen you have to pay to Shimon. Says the Gemara, Shimon ma'avidate. What are you talking about? What if the what does Shimon have to do with this? If we rent the house from Ruvain, why would we pay the schar to Shimon? It doesn't even make any sense. So the Gemara clarifies, 
if we subsequently find out that the property really did belong to Shimon, so then you have to pay him. Well, that's a stirrup from the first line. The first line said, in our case of me squatting in your property. The second line that Rav, that um, Rabbah said in the name of Rahuna is that you do have to pay in such a case. Says the Gemara, Tarte, how can both of these be true? And the Gemara responds, because the cases are different cases. The backdrop is different. When in the second case where we say that we find out it's Shimon's, you have to pay him. That's because that property was Kaima La'agra. He was planning on renting it out. And Hadalo Kaima La'agra. But in the case that we've been discussing over the last day, this case where I squatted in your property was a case specifically where you were not planning on renting out that property. You weren't going to make money anyways. That's our case of Zen and so the distinction that we're making is that in a case of your putter. In a case of then your An easy divide. And similarly, we have this idea found elsewhere. Itmar Nami, we're a fifth of the way down or so on Same people involved, by the way, Ravuna and Rav. All the same Masora. That's why all the information is going to look very similar. Says the Gemara, like we saw. And also the second line, which is, as we saw, cryptic, and then we answered it, which is, that if you rent a house from someone you do need to pay, says the Gemara, why would that be? You'd have to pay the Bailem. So the Gemara says, like we saw before, Hachi Kamar. Really, what's going on is nimtu lo bailem that really the property belonged to the bailem then malan lo schar asks the gemara tarte these two things are astira and the gemara responds don't worry hadakaime laagra hadalo kaime laagra when do we say that zenene when do we say that your pater or chayev it depends in a case of zenene vizelo chaser so in that case you're going to be pater that's me squatting in your property but in the case of zenene vizelchaser if you are losing out, you were planning on renting out that property. You just didn't get around to it. So then you would have to pay. And again, third of the way down. But he gives a different reason. Before, earlier, we said that Rav slash Ravuna slash Rabba, the son of Ravuna, all said the same thing. That if I squat on your property, you don't have to pay. What did we say? The case was you weren't planning on renting it out anyway. I left the room with no damage. Shalom al Yisrael, your putter. Here the Gemara throws in the heebie-jeebies and says there's actually another reason or maybe a different reason as to why you don't need to pay when you squat in someone's property. Says the Pasuk, Shia Rashi points out, take a look at Rashi, eight lines down. Shade, there's a demon. Sheshmo Shia, his name is Shia, and Michtas Shar Bayis Shein Bnei Adam Darinbo. And when a house is left empty, so that's bad, and the Shadim can cause damage. Vihilkach Zeshe Omad Bohehanhu. Ah, such a Zis. What a nice guy. You squatted in my apartment. Thank you very much. You prevented the Shadim from causing damage. That's what the Gemara says. Amar Mar Baravashi, Lididi Chazili, Umingach Kitora. I actually witnessed what this shade looked like, and he was behaving like a wild animal. He was breaking things, sticking his horns into the plot, into the drywall, a disaster. 
Rav Yosef Amar, Besa Mesva Yosef. There's a different benefit, which is that if I live in that house, I'm going to fix things up. If I see a little garbage on the floor, I'm going to pick it up. I see a little hole in the wall, I may spackle it. So if I'm living in your house, I might take a little bit of care of it. Now, for anyone who's ever stayed in an Airbnb, that might not be our hashkafa. It might not be the way we behave. It probably should be the way we behave. Always good to make a Kiddush Hashem instead of a Chilol Hashem. Nevertheless, he gives a, a variation of the answer to say, it's better that you lived in the house than not, because at least you'll take care of the house a little bit. What's the difference between the answer of, I'm protecting you from Shadim, and the answer of, you might fix up the house while you're there, says the Gemara, when the use of the house is in the middle. I'm using the house for wood and for straw, for storage. So on the one hand, that helps to get rid of the shadim. But because I'm not living in the house, I'm not going to fix anything up. I'm not looking at the details. I put my hay in there, my straw. I put my wood in there and I move on. I'm using it as a shed, basically. So that's why the Gemara says there's a difference between them. We've now seen three reasons, three distinct reasons why it is that if I squat in your property under the circumstances of you not intending to collect money anyways, why we're putter. Answer number one is answer number two is shaden. And answer number three is if I use it as storage, whatever the reason may be, in the circumstances of the din is that you are putter from paying, and this is the din. The Gemara tells a story halfway down on the Gemara says, there was a man. He built a mansion. The word apadna in Aramaic is a large house, and he built it. He built it on some type of garbage heap of some kind. Uh, of a poor person. There's a golf course here in Chicago that's built on a garbage dump. It's a very clever usage of many, many years of stacking it up. And now it's this wavy golf course. They leveled it out with some dirt. Clever move. So what happened was that there were these Yisomim and they had as a Yerusha this massive garbage dump, which may be worth something. And Agbe Rav Nachman Le'apadne Mine. Rav Nachman said, you've mistreated these people. You're living on their property. It's not right. So says the Gemara, Lema Kasaba Rav Nachman. Maybe Rav Nachman argues with Rav and Rabuna and Rabba. Maybe Hadar Bechaver Loschar. Oh, we see a dissenting opinion. We saw up until now that squatting is not necessarily mutter, but your putter from paying. Now Rav Nachman is implying because he restricted. He took away the rights of the owners of the mansion to live in the mansion until they square things up with the Yisomim. Perhaps that's because he holds that if I squat in your property, I'm chayev. Says the Gemara, no. That piece of property was lived on by the Karmanoi Habu Rebbe. The Karmanoi were a group of people. They lived on this property. And they paid a, a small monthly rent. Yeah, it's a garbage dump. You want to live here for a few hundred bucks a month? No problem. But it's not because in the case of they weren't chaser in that case. They were getting paid. All was fine. Omar lay. So Rav Nachman said, now that you, the mansion builder, took this away from the Karmanoi and you're not paying the Yisomim, that's not right because they have the right to collect and they want to collect. Zil paisinehu liyasme. He said, I want you to go pay the pay the Asomim. 
And this guy who built the mansion, Velo Ashkach, he didn't pay attention to Rav Nachman. And then Agbe Rav Nachman, it's not a case of Zenan of Zedel Chaser. It's a case of Zenan of Chaser. They were expecting to get money. They should have gotten money. You're a thief. You're a squatter in a scenario where you should not be a squatter. Very good. The Gemara says two-thirds of the way down at the two dots. The Gemara says, We said, what is a case scenario where you are mishtalim, where you pay? This is based off of our Mishnah, although um, it's a, a brisa that supports our Mishnah. Let's analyze the Gemara. The Gemara says, When do we say that you're chayiv in Rishus HaRabim? Take a look at Rashi, Uvimichazeres. Rashi is exactly halfway down on the page. Rosha Merechava, Litzida Shel Rechava. So he's in the he's in the main part of the the Rishus Harabim, but his head is off to the side. The Achla Peros Katani Mas Nisan the Mishalemish Mashi Zika Afal Gav the Kula Kaima Berachava. Even though the whole body of the animal, the legs, the torso, it's all there, but his head was off to the side eating. That's still in that case scenario, as Rashi highlights. The din is, it's as if you are uh, inside the main part of the Rishus Harabit. No, even if it's Mechazeres, even if you're eating off to the side, you're going to be Pater, Machlokes, between Rav and Shmuel. Well, the Shmuel, how then do you align yourself with the Mishnah that says that there is a time when you're in Rishus Harabim that you're Chayib? Says the Gemara, the Shmuel, Hechi Mishkachas, la Says the Gemara, where the animal leaves the main part of the Rishus Harabim, and then it goes and it stands, and then it eats. So that's really uh, how Shmuel would answer it. So when it comes to the body being in the Rechava with the head turned to the side, but when the body is standing exclusively in the, in the Tzidei HaRechava, so then Shmuel says you'd be chayv in that case. Says the Gemara, three-fourths of the way down, some teach the din of Mechazeres by itself, even unrelated to our Mishnah. When it comes to Mechazeres, when an animal turns its head out of the main portion of the Rishus Harabim to the side, same question. Okay. How do you align yourself with the fact that the Brisa seems to not agree with what you're saying? The Brisa says that we have a case scenario where you have to pay whatever damages you caused in a Rishus HaRabim setting. So the Gemara says, like we saw before, the same story twice, where Shmuel says that if the animal is exclusively standing in the side of the Rishus HaRabim and consuming food, the din is that he's going to be chayib. And the only machlokas, Rav and Shmuel, is when the animal's body is in the main part, in the rechava of the Rishus HaRabim, and it turns its head to the side to eat from the side, machlokas, Rav and Shmuel. Says the Gemara against Rav. We have Akasha. The Gemara says, Masiv Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak, he asks a shaila from Abraisa. Miftach achanus, mishalemes mashanenes. Mipesach, excuse me. If an animal eats something from the opening of a storeway, uh, of a store, so the halacha is mishalemes mashenenes. He has to pay whatever he benefits. Asks the Gemara, hechi mishkachasla. Pshita, it must be that it's bimechazeres, where the animal is standing in the main part of the rishus harabim, and its head is turned to the side. Vika Amar, what does Rav hold in such a case? Mashenehenes. But that's a problem because 
That's only true for what you benefited from, but not for what you damaged. And that is not Rav Shita. So therefore, that's a Sira on Rav. Says the Gemara, The person who asked this question, which is Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak, also answered it. The store was located in a very unique place. Take a look at the picture that Rashi has drawn for us. If the animal was in the Mavui Gadol, and he walks straight toward the Mavui Katan, but he walks in line with one of the walls, and you own the corner store. So that's a little bit in the middle. It's not like you've really left the Rechava. You were in the middle of the main part of the Mavui Gadol, and as the animal started walking toward the Mavui Katan, where things taper, he bumped into a store. So that, says the Gemara, is not the same case, and therefore not Akasha on Rav. Ika de Amre, there's another version still of the world of Mechazeres. The Gemara says eight or nine lines from the bottom of Chafal Famaral. Mechazeres, when it comes to an animal standing in the Rechava in the main part of the Rishus Harabim, and it turns its head to eat from the side, Rav and Shmuel do not argue there. Everyone agrees that it's Mechayeves. Kipligi, when are we arguing? The only time they have a machlokas, it's not by mechazeres. It's when I have, uh, let's say I lived on a golf course. So my backyard and the public golf course, there's no fence between them. And I allow the last five feet of my backyard, which really is Rishus HaYachid, I utilize it as a Rishus Harab. I let people put their golf bags there. I let them do chipping practice from there. So that's the case where we have a machlokas, Rav and Shmuel. I'll read the answer again. When I set aside a part of my personal rishus, and here is how we would understand this. But if I dedicate part of my private property to be utilized as rishus harabim, Rav says, Potter, that the owner of an animal who would uh, eat from there would be chayev. Says the Gemara, if that's true, perhaps we really have to re-understand the core of this machlokas, Rav and Shmuel. And the Gemara says, just a few lines before the end of the page, Lema, perhaps we should say, that really the machlokas is about a boar that's found, says the Gemara, Rav de Omar Potter, Rav would say your putter. Why would Rav hold that if there's a boar in my rishus that we'd be putter? The boar birshuso is going to be chayev. But here, this case is a little bit different because you've dedicated it to be a rishus harabim. Shmuel, who really says that you're chayev, what's going on here? Really, boar birshuso is putter. But over here, uh, it really is functioning as a rishus harabim birchava. So says the Gemara, maybe their machlokas is about poor. The Gemara rejects this possibility on the last line and says, Amar lach rav, no. Le'olam eimalach, really I'll tell you that this isn't about boar at all. I'll tell you lach be'alma that boar birshuso pater. Maybe in general, that if there's a boar birshuso, birshusa nizak, maybe the din is that you'd be pater. The shiny hacha, this case is different. The Omar, lav kol keminach, the mekareves with perusecha, rishus harabim, umichayeves with toroyit. You brought all of your fruit to the 10 feet closest to the Rishus Harabim. You think my animal is going to know what Rishus is? I'm gonna, he's going to eat it. 
don't tell me I'm high because you're irresponsible for putting your stuff there. If you don't want the animal to eat your food, don't put it three feet next to the fence. Don't put it three feet next to the property line. Your animal doesn't know where the property line is and he's going to eat it. That's not fair. And on Chafal, if I'm a base three lines down, Shmuel Amar, no. The Alma, I would tell you that Bor Birshuso really is Chayiv. The Bishlama Bor Ikalameimar Lavadaite. I could understand that maybe he wouldn't notice the Bor. Elaperos mi Ikalameimar Lavadaite. Maybe we can say that the owner, how could you say you don't even know about the fruit? You should know about the fruit. It's, it's present. Everybody sees it. So says the Gemara, perhaps we should then say, Lema Mechazeres Tanoihi. Maybe we should say that Mechazeres actually is a Machlokes Tanoim. First, we said it was a Machlokes Rav and Shmuel. Then we said, no, everybody agrees it's Chayeves. Now, here's a third version. Maybe it's not a Machlokes to Amorim. Maybe it's even a Machlokes Tanoim. The Tanya, the Brysa writes as follows. If an animal eats from the main portion of a Rishus HaRabim, the din is that uh, the owner has to pay in whatever fashion in which the animal his animal benefited. If the animal ate from the sides of the Rechava, so then then he has to pay what he damaged, not just what he ate. That's the sheet of Reb Yehuda. In contrast, it's not really normal to, to eat unless you're walking. Let's we'll see what this means. Says the Gemara, it doesn't seem like these shitas are so different. Where does an animal walk? In the main part. So if that's true, it seems like Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Eliezer is the same as the Tanakama. Ella, the Gemara suggests that perhaps Mechazeres Ika Beinayu that the difference between Rav Meir and Rav Yehuda on the one side and Rav Yossi and Rav Lazar on the other is the case of Mechazeres, where an animal has its body in the Rechava in the main part of the Rishus HaRabim, but its head turns to the side and eats from the edges of the Rishus HaRabim. Tanakama Savar, Mechazeres, Nami Mishalei, Mashenehenes. The Tanakama holds that uh, when an animal turns its head to the side, that it pays only what it benefits from. The Rabbi Yossi, and the Gemara leaves out his name, but it's also Rabbi Lazar. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Lazar, so perhaps we can say that Mechazeres, that when an animal turns its head from the main part of Rishus HaRabim and eats from the edges of Rishus HaRabim, that there's a machlok. Yes, lo, says the Gemara, not correct. Not correct. Really, the Kule Alma Mechazeres Ikirabi Kishmul. One way or the other, it's definitely not a Machlokes. And really, what is the Machlokes over here between these four Tanaim? Reb Meir and Reb Yehud on the one side, Reb Yossi Reb Lazar on the other. Mar Savar Uvir Biste Acher Velobrishus Harabim. That when the Pasuk says Uvir Biste Acher, what do we learn? Velobrishus Harabim. You're completely Potter in Rishus Harabim. However, Umar Savar Uvir Biste Acher Velobrishus Hamazik that we are talking about zero guilt in the property of the mazik. Says the Gemara, that's very odd. What do you mean, Bershus HaMazik? Lema, Pircha Bershusi, my boy. If the damage happened in my property, what, you brought fruit into my property. My animal ate your fruit when you walked in. Don't bring don't bring raw meat in front of my dog. What do you expect to happen? Of course, he's got, Bershus HaMazik doesn't make any sense. Says the Gemara, Ella de Ilfa Vereboshaya Ika Beinayu. Super cryptic line. What the Gemara says is that the difference between Reb Meir and Reb Yehuda on the one side and Reb Yosin and Reb Lazar on the other is Ilfa and Rav Oshaya.
take a look at Tosvos. The third Tosvos from the bottom of the page, Deeper Mastel de Ilf of Rabbi Oshaya. Lab me in Yenechad. The Rabbi Oshaya, Mairi Bekofetes. Rabbi Oshaya was dealing with a case of animals that jumped. That was the case we learned a couple of days ago. To have a Karen. The Ilfa Aire al Gabi Chaverta de Chashiv Shein. The cases are not the same. So we don't know which one they're arguing about. The Balatos was like, I, I don't know. Uh, we I, we got to see which one they're arguing about, but not Pashad. Nevertheless, that's what the Gemara says, and there's no machlokas about Chazeres. However you hold, you hold. But there is no machlokas, Rabin Shmuel. There is no machlokas, Tanakama, and and uh, and the other Shitas. A new Mishnah, halfway down, Chafala from the base, the Mishnah says, Hakelev v'hagedi, a dog and a goat. That jumped from a roof. This wasn't a suicide approach. They just jumped from a roof, a roof where they could land safely. Um, and they broke something. This is normal. Have you ever seen this animal, the ibex, that can climb the sides of mountains with the tiniest of ledges? These animals are jumpers. They do things all the time like that. So goats probably in the wild also do things like that. And so do dogs. Dogs jump down also. We'll see soon that dogs and goats jump differently. Dogs are a little more peckish. They're a little more hesitant. They scooch a little bit and then do one big jump. Goats are not like that. They do a full jump. We'll see that distinction later. The Mishnah continues. Third line of the Mishnah. We saw this. Akelev goes over to a barbecue. He sees something being heated up and he's appealed by the thing. He grabs the basket with its teeth and the the Gadish and he brings it over to a to a bale of hay. He eats the food inside the pan, and then what the dog didn't know, because he's a dog and doesn't know, is that there was a coal on the far side of the charara, and it lit a fire and burned a bale of hay. What's the halacha? On the food that he ate, there, because the food that he ate, that's, that's muad. You put food in front of a dog, He's going to eat it. He doesn't care whose it is. He's going to eat it. So there, Nezek Shalim is Muad for that. Where is he not Muad? He's not Muad to light fires. Dogs aren't arsons. He didn't know what was going on. And therefore, Very good. Says the Gemara, making a diuk on the ratio of our Mishnah. Time of the Kaftsu. In the beginning of our Mishnah, we said that the Caleb and the Gedi jumped. And we said that they're Chayev Nezek Shalim. The reason why they're chayev nezek shalim is because kafsu is normal, says the Gemara Hanaflu. But let's say they didn't jump. Let's say the animal fell. That's not normal, and therefore putter. And that makes sense within our within our logic. What we know about the world of nezek shalim, you're only chayev nezek shalim when you're muad. An animal is not muad to fall, and if he falls, you're going to be putter. Alma, says the Gemara, as we enter into a very important Shas Sugya. We're going to start this Sugya tonight and not... Uh, oh, yeah, we are going to finish this one. Yeah, we'll finish this Sugya, sorry. Says the Gemara, Alma, what do we see from here? If really the dog's intention was Pshia, really he was up there ready to do damage. And in the end, he didn't do damage because he was a Poshea. He slipped and fell. He didn't really jump. He just fell. Says the Gemara, it seems, therefore, maybe we can infer from our Mishnah that in, in general, whereas if I started with poor intentions, um, but I did a bad job of executing my poor intentions, and uh, and then you cause damage. So, Pater, we have a Brisa that supports 
this diuk from our Mishnah. The Gemara says two thirds of the way down. Three lines into the new Gemara. Beautiful. Beautiful. Says the Gemara, this uh, this is a great raya for one shita. This brisa is kaftor v'perach, it's hand to glove, for the shita that holds that if you start with poor intentions and you only cause damage, the onus that you're putter. Let's say you're out to, to you're, you see your car, you're, you're driving, you want to hit someone. And then you just, you change your mind, but your brakes go out. <laughs> okay, but what about the other shita? If this brisa is a raya for the shita of putter, how then would he view this case? Why would he say in this Mishnah that there's a diuk that's your putter? If you hold that the sofa bonus is putter in general, then our Mishnah, which says that you're putter if you're no fell, why are you putter if you fall? Says the Gemara, it's a case where the Kalim were not in a landing spot for an animal to jump. They were super close to the wall. They butted up against the wall. If somebody jumps, the odds are they're going to jump at a little bit of a distance. And therefore, with jumping, they wouldn't have fallen on the kalim. And therefore, it's not even pshia in the first case. Because even if he was poshia to jump, his jumping never would have landed on the kalim. It's not So he rewires the Mishnah to understand it according to his own shita. Amar of Zvid Mishmei and the next layer of our Mishnah, and he adds this qualification, there's a time, there's a case, that even if a person fall, a dog falls, they're also going to be chayim. That's not the diuk of our Mishnah. The diuk of our Mishnah, and we learned it according to both, the shita of and we learned it according to both, says the Gemara, according to all of them, we're also going to have a case of chayim. Where is that? If the animal is standing on top of a wall that is raua, a rickety, shaky wall. My nihu says the Gemara. What's the case? Says the Gemara. If what you're saying is that this wall is so unsturdy, it needs tuck pointing, it looks like a rock is going to fall. Well, I hear you, but so so lo nafal arche inhu. A brick didn't fall, but the animal did. So then we're back to where we started. So that's the case we already discussed. So that can't be a case where you say that one who is no fail is going to be chayev. That if a dog falls, you're going to be chayev. Says the Gemara, What are we talking about with a very thin wall? A wall that is not easy for an animal to stand on because of its narrowness. And that is the case scenario where one would be chayev. Says the Gemara, Tanu Rabbanan, four lines from the bottom. A dog or a goat that jumps from the ground up to a source, up to an, another landing. They are Turin from damage. That's an abnormal move. If a dog or a goat jump from a higher location to a lower one and they break Kalim, Chayovin. In contrast, Adam the Tarnagol Shadalgu Ben Milamala Ben Milamata Ben Milamala Lamata Ben Milamata Milamala Chayavit. By an animal, by fowl, you're always going to be Chayav. Both are normal. This is you go into a gym, you'll see people doing box jumps. We're jumping from a low to high, 
And we also jump from high to low. We jump downstairs all the time. So says the Gemara, well, we're Mu'ad La'olam. We don't count. But uh, but the, the Tarnagol is also considered Mu'ad. So you're Chayavin. Says the Gemara, great. That's very clean. I see your distinction between, on the one side, the Kelev and the Gedi, where they're only considered Mu'ad jumping down but not up. And that by Adam and Tarnagol, we're always Mu'ad. Got it. But turning to the top of Chavbez, Amr Aleph, Tanya. We have a Brisa that disagrees with something that we've learned. This is very different than what we just learned. On the bottom of we learn that if an animal jumps up and damages putter, but if an animal jumps down, they're chayav. What do we see here? Top line. There is no muad by these animals jumping up and damaging. Says the Gemara, how do we answer this? These animals didn't jump like they normally jump. The, the dog jumped like the Gdi, and the Gdi jumped like a dog. What does this mean? On the third line, the dog, which normally is slow to jump, it normally takes a couple of baby steps and then launches. No. This was a super confident dog. He's like, I got this. And he jumps without doing that little uh, baby step. Mashenkin, the gadya, the gadi, the goat, he besricha. He took the baby steps that a cow might have, that a dog might have taken. So because these were abnormal, that's not muad. You're not, you're not functioning in your normal mode. And because you're not functioning in your normal mode, you're going to be puttered. Ihachi, I don't understand. Why would they be putter in this case? You're completely putter. You should be chayev. Nezek shalim. If it's if you're muad, it's nezek shalim. If you're not muad, if you're tam, if it's abnormal, there's a shinui. You're not putter entirely. You should still be chayev. Nezek shalim. I'm chazi nezek. Gemara says that's correct. Putter me nezek shalim v'chayovin v'chazi nezek. We're going to start the next sugya, a very important sugya that teaches us how to apply Nizikin to modern day issues. Uh, we'll see that there are a lot of potential applications. We're not going to, of course, spend time on them. We don't have time in Dafiyomi to do that. But it's really interesting to think about some of the iterations. Let's get started, at least start this sugya. We'll learn about 12 more lines, and then we're going to stop, and we'll pick up the rest on Shabbos. Hakelev Shenotel. The Gemara says that we spoke about that this dog who took the Harara asks the Gemara, uh, sorry, the Gemara doesn't ask. The Gemara presents a machloka samurai. Itmar, Rav Yochanan Amar, Isho, when there's fire, Mishum Chitzav. That's the same thing as shooting an arrow. So, I am an archer, I shoot an arrow, and I let go. All of the continuous movement of that arrow is on me. Anything it damages is on me. Says the Gemara, fire is the same thing. Is it though? If I light a fire right here, and it catches to something else. Is it the same as an arrow? So Rish Lakish doesn't agree. Rish Lakish, no. Esho Mishu Mamono. Fire is like your mumminess. It's like a cow. You own your cow. Your cow damages over here and over there. Rish Lakish, my time alone, Rav Yochanan. Rish Lakish, why don't you hold a Rav Yochanan Shita? Omar Lach, Chetzio Mikocho Ka'azli. Because an arrow is fired by the tension that I put on the line of the bow. But hi, the fire is lomi kocho ka'azil. Fire doesn't move because of kocho. Fire moves because it consumes. That's not my koach. That's the koach, that's the nature of fire. But is it really comparable to the pulling of a bow? 
says Rish Lakish, I won't have it. I have a Rav Yochanan, my time alone, Lakish. Why don't you hold like Rish Lakish? Amar Lach, what would Rav Yochanan say? Mamona is mamasha. Money, a cow, my products, they have something physical to them. There are physical attributes to my cow. However, ha, fire, less beimishasha, mamasha. Fire is not a physical entity. It has physical features, but it's not touchable. Of course, if you stick your hand in it, it will burn you. There's a mitzias to fire, but less beimishasha, mamasha. And therefore, says the Gemara, Rav Yochanan cannot even handle the comparison of Eisho Mishum Mamono. That's the fundamental machlokas. There will be a whole host of questions. We're going to ask just one, I think just one, and then we'll stop. The Gemara says, asking on this approach, Tanan, a third of the way down, first word on the line. HaKelev Shanot al We spoke about our case of the, the Kelev, and he took the Kharara. What was the din over there? We had said that there's going to be Nezek Shalem on eating the Kharara because an animal is muad to eat food. And there's going to be Chati Nezek on the bale of hay that he burned because that wasn't his intention. I understand the Shita of Rav Yochanan who holds that fire is because of, of, of and he lit the fire, therefore he's obligated to pay for the bale of hay. According to Reish Lakish, the Eish is not, the Eish doesn't belong. The Eish is not part of the dog. The Eish came from another source. The dog's owner doesn't own the fire. The fire came from elsewhere. It's not like a shore. It's not like an animal. Don't worry. The case of the dog and his burning down the bale of hay is a little different. He had it in his mouth. He threw the charara with his teeth. And the coal fell off and burned down a bale of hay. On the food that he ate, ain suffolk. He's muad chayev nezek shalim. On the exact spot where the coal landed, then mishalim chati nezek. But the al gadish kula putter. Why? Because that your mamon, your kelev, only caused the limited damage. The fire doesn't belong to you. The fire doesn't belong to the dog. The fire belongs to somebody else. So that's how Rish Lakish wriggles out of this question by parsing out the makom of the burn. Let's call it the two centimeter spot where the coal landed. There you're high of Chati Nezek. But the rest of the bale of hay that then consumes, gets gets consumed, your pateran. Masha'en came to Rav Yochanan. And this is the last sheet that we'll learn for today. Rav Yochanan says, no. The dog took the charara and he placed it down on the bale of hay. He ate what was in the charara. On both of those, on the eating of the charara and on the two centimeter spot where he dropped the coal, however, and when it comes to the rest of the bale of hay, he's chayef to pay chatinezek. This is the machlokas between Rav Yochanan and Reish Lakish. Do we say that fire is mishum chitzav, that when a fire continues its burn, it's no different than the pull of a bow and arrow? Or is it like Mamon that I own a cow, whatever he eats, he eats. Which one is it more similar to? We asked one question already, asked and answered. Each shita is now maintained. And on Shabbos Emir Tashem, after the 2.30 mincha at 2.50, we will continue learning this sugya with more questions. Wishing you all a beautiful night.